Welcome to Behind the Standards with United Rentals. This is the podcast where we talk about construction safety, mostly trench excavation and combined space safety, but also other topics that deal with general job site safety as well. I am Rick Blosinski, Customer Training Specialist, and with me is John Preston, Region Product Development Manager for United Rentals. So today's goal is to clarify a common misconception surrounding the quote-unquote five-foot rule for employee protection in excavations. Now, as I go throughout the country and do these classes, I often hear people say, well, we only excavate to four and a half feet, for example, so we never have to use a trench box. And my response to that is to say, look, you've never set foot on the site. You've not dipped your excavator into the ground. You've not put your hands in the soil. And yet you are assuming that everyone is going to be safe just because you are at less than five feet deep. Rick, that is a common misconception. And a lot of people, I think, just forget that gravity is still at work, even if it, the trench is less than five feet deep. And it is a big problem. Um, there are several examples of people who have dug narrow trenches and it was less than five feet deep and they still had a fatality. One, one that comes to mind is um, a narrow four foot deep trench and the victim was laying down in the bottom of the trench. He was stretched out because he had a torch. He was trying to cut some metal out from underneath something. It was only four foot deep, but when his coworkers came back, uh, he was buried under three feet of soil, and uh, when they dug him up, he was deceased. And that is a perfect example of just assuming that because it's less than five feet deep, it's going to be safe. One of the things that I bring up in classes all the time is that, you know, you when you make an excavation, you are cutting into Mother Earth. And just like when you cut into your own skin, what is the skin trying to do? It's trying to close that wound. The science might be different, but it's actually the same idea, right? It's the same concept. Mother Earth is trying to close up the wound that you just put into her skin. In other words, the soil. And it is going to come in. As you said, gravity is always a constant. It is not going away. So just because you are at a certain depth, that does not mean that you are going to automatically be safe. That's right, Rick. I've heard people say, well, our guys were four foot 11, and I told them, do not dig any deeper because you know the rule. If it gets to five feet, you've got to use a shoring system. And that's silly because the soil doesn't understand the rule. The soil just responds to gravitational forces, and all excavation walls are going to collapse eventually, even shallow ones. And as I do these classes, and I've read the standard I can't tell you how many, what, thousands of times, I guess we probably all have by now, uh, especially as trainers. But I think the biggest misconception and where this misconception comes from is the fact that they just stop reading. They read the first part of the standard, right? So the standard says each employee shall be protected in an excavation design, you know, with a protective system designed in accordance with the standard, except in two circumstances. The first circumstance is if you are, you are entirely in stable rock. But the second part of that, that portion of those exceptions is if the excavation is less than five feet in depth. And people, I think, just stop reading right there. 
And if you continue on, and, and like I said, just in the standard itself, I mean, if you continue to read past that five feet, it says if the excavation is five feet and less than five feet in depth and examination of the ground by a competent person provides no indication of a potential cave-in. That's the second part of that. So in other words, you need to make sure that you are doing your job site inspections prior to opening even that excavation. And then once you open that excavation, you need to continue to inspect that excavation to make sure that everything is right. Because if you have an indication of a cave-in at depths less than five feet, you need to have some type of slope bench, shield, or shore. I was uh, looking in the Federal Register, and I was I was researching this a little bit further, and I found that OSHA really expects the competent person to have to be able to explain why a protective system is not needed if it's less than five feet deep. So in other words, if it's five feet or deeper, you absolutely must slope or shore or put a or use a, a shield. But if it's less than five feet deep, the competent person needs to explain why it's not needed. I think I think that's a, an overlooked aspect of this, is that the competent person has a huge responsibility to show why an excavation less than five feet deep is safe for people to work in. So what you're basically saying is, is that if you are going to go without a protective system at depths less than five feet, you need to prove that it's not necessary. I think that's the point. I think that's the point because the dirt does not know about the five foot rule. And by the way, we should point out that in some parts of the country, the, the rule is actually four feet deep. And so um we need to we need to not only know what the rules are, but just pay close attention to what you were talking about earlier in terms of inspecting the ground, inspecting the situation. And the way I like to think about this is not if it caves in, but when the soil caves in, is it going to hit anybody? And we've got to prevent that from happening. We've got to prevent soil from hitting anybody or anything that's in the adjacent area or anything that might be made unstable by the soil that's caving in. For example, if there's a wall adjacent to the trench, we certainly wouldn't want someone to be in there when when that fails and the, and the wall come in too. I mean, really it comes down to performing those inspections and understanding what needs to be inspected. And if you go back to the, the 12 specific requirements of the OSHA excavation standard, that gives you a really good head start on the things to look for and the things to add to an inspection checklist. You know, it's interesting because when you when you take a look at the five most common violations that OSHA writes in trenches and excavations, two of the top five come from the section that talks about inspections. I mean, the number one cited violation is working without a protective system which is kind of what we're talking about here too, especially when it's required. But number three is not performing inspections when they're required. And number five is not getting people out of harm's way when hazards start to develop. I mean, 35% of all violations that OSHA writes in trenches and excavations comes from that inspection section. When I think about section uh, 651, the general requirements, I think about all these all these things that could be involved in a cave-in. 
for example, adjacent structures, uh, existing utilities. Uh, so in addition to the soil itself, there's a lot of things that can go wrong. And, you know, this, we're, we're back to this just because it's five feet deep doesn't make those those safety issues disappear. Less than five feet deep, you still have issues, whether it's an adjacent structure or whether it's a utility or in any of those things that can uh, that can be an a surface encumbrance and can be a problem. Yeah, I mean, think about water for a minute and think about how water actually decreases the stability of your soil. And so water, if you have, you know, let's say, for example, you've gone in and you've you've performed your, your job site inspection and you've done your visual and your manual test of your excavation soil, and you have determined that you have a relatively stable B type of soil, and so you use a benching system. Well, if you get a rainstorm that happens, well, you're probably, you might very well have to declassify your soil from a B to a C, and you cannot utilize a bench in C soil. So that's just one example of how changing conditions on the job site will cause you to change your protective system. Think about all of those changes that might happen if you are working without any type of protective system whatsoever at depths less than five feet. Now, all of a sudden, you have some type of situation that develops, and the next thing you know, you are in a really, really precarious situation, even though you might have even had no, quote unquote, indications of a potential cave-in, which... I'll tell you, I don't know too many indications, you know, too many suggestions in too many places where there wouldn't be an indication of a cave-in, right? Um, there's a whole lot of things that can cause cave-ins. So, you know, the point there is, is that changing conditions will increase the, the likelihood of a cave-in. And now a word from our sponsor. In today's world, it is critical to have a partner that puts safety at the forefront. A partner who understands what you're up against a partner you can count on to get you what you need when you need it. That's why United Rentals is here for you. Combining equipment, safety, experience, and data to help your team get the job done. United Rentals, here to help with the equipment and tools you need. To find a store nearest you, visit unitedrentals.com or call 1-800-U-R-RENTS. One of the common misconceptions is that good soil is safe. People tend to respect bad soils like sand or uh, other type C soils, and, and they give uh, good soils a pass. It's important, to, I think, for people to remember that type A will cave in and type B will cave in, as well as type C. And I will tell you, getting hit by a a solid soil like a type a or b could could really be uh could could really cause a serious uh, injury or even death i'm aware of several situations where in shallow trenches where good soil has caved in and it has uh, uh, broken someone's leg or has killed them simply because uh, they they were not prepared for that sudden movement of soil. And uh, I think some people just assume that just because soil is good, it's going to stay right where they want it. The fact is, all soils are unsafe. The fact, and, and if it's good soil, it just means it's easier to make safe. 
Bad soil like type C is going to be harder to make safe. But before we put anybody into a trench, regardless of the depth, we got to make sure that they're not going to be in harm's way. Yeah, I mean, you know, you talk about good soil, and, and I like to use air quotes when we're talking about good soil, because really the question is, what is, quote unquote, good soil? Because really, that could be even a fallacy in and of itself, right? Because, you know, a lot of people seem to think, well, as long as we cut into it, and it stands up on its own, and it doesn't collapse right away, that it's, quote unquote, good soil. For example, with the shoring system, you have more shoring options in quote unquote good soils, like an A or a B. You have a lot more shoring options. And when it comes to sloping and, and benching, uh, slopes can be steeper in good soil. Uh, benching systems are allowed in uh, a good clay type B soil or, or, or other types of A soils. But um, besides that, I, I will tell you, a lot of people just don't they, they tend to respect the kind of soils that are caving in when they dig. The problem isn't that soils have already caved in. It might make the work more difficult that it caves in when you dig. The problem is the vertical walls of soil and that kinetic energy when it finally does cave in. That's the problem. If you are one of those folks who thinks that just because you are at depths less than five feet that you don't need any type of protective system at all, please rethink that thought because people can, as John has, has, has stated, people can get injured and killed in excavations that are less than five feet that are unprotected. So please just take that thought read through the entire standard, understand what it is that is actually required. And just forgetting about OSHA's rule for a minute, just what really does make sense? What is logical when you're working on that site? Is there sandy material? Is there flowing material? If there's a lot of water mixed in with it, and then therefore take a, you know, consider, oh, there might be some changing conditions, whether you add water to it or perhaps even dry it out. If you've got soil that is sitting on the side or you've got soil in an excavation that has been exposed to air, well, it might dry out. And now that might become that much more unstable because you're making it that much more granular in nature. So consider the fact that while sure, you might have a certain you know, condition that will allow you to perhaps work at an excavate, you know, in depths less than five feet without a protective system, changing conditions will also put your employees at risk. And Rick, I would add that it's too easy to make these small excavations safe. We have so many available options today, and these options allow us to still be productive, get our work done, but the bottom line is uh, we, everybody gets to go home and, and uh, injury-free. I mean, think about it. If you are, if you're maybe three and a half feet deep, like we were talking about earlier, and you just slope to 34 degrees even, the top 
you know, that three and a half feet from the bottom to the top three and a half feet. Really, you're talking about, well, three and a half times three is what? Ten and a half feet plus add the width at the bottom. So you're only talking about 13 to 15 feet, maybe, depending on how wide your trench is, really with the area on top. And do you have 15 feet? Chances are you probably do. And that is really all it takes. It is just too easy to actually protect your employees these days. And it, sometimes it doesn't even cost you a dime. All it does is just take a little bit more time to excavate and to slope them back and boom, you've done, you've got your, you've got your protective system and it's not only is it safe, but it's also allowed by OSHA. It is just too easy in these shallow trenches, but one more, one more uh, word of warning. If anybody doesn't have room to slope because there's an adjacent structure, we've got to just emphasize, don't trust any structure that's either exposed in the wall of the trench or is adjacent in that adjacent area. Don't trust it to stay where we want it to be. I recently read about a cave-in where there was a part of a foundation that broke. It was, the trench was 32 inches deep. That's about what, two feet, eight inches deep. And a section of the foundation came out and it turns out there wasn't any rebar in that section of the foundation. They trusted that foundation to stay right where they wanted it to be. And that was a bad mistake. Two people were sent to the hospital. One of them went home, one of them didn't. One died five days later because of that eight foot section of that foundation that came into that shallow trench. So I think it's just a matter of trust. Do not trust vertical walls of soil. Do not trust anything that is any structures. Don't trust anything in the adjacent area to stay where we want it to stay. This has been Behind the Standards with United Rentals. Now, should you have any questions about this topic or any other topic that you might want addressed, feel free to send us an email to URTSpodcast at UR.com. For more information about training opportunities, feel free to go to TrenchSafetyEvents.com. On behalf of John Preston and myself, thank you for tuning in. Have a great day and stay safe.